This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Hey listener, this is Venice, and you're listening to Voice from the Underground. Proud members of the Tangent Bound Network and the famous original Podcast Network. Welcome to the Underground. My favorite podcast. Check out TJ. Check out Big Ass. Check out Dust. My favorite podcast. Check one, two. Check one, two. Voice from the underground. Check one, two. Check one, two. The U Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another edition of Voice from the Underground, the podcast. This is Jason Dutch, and we are a gnarly, spirited, super damn dope, and often mind-numbing juxtaposition of politics and pop culture coming straight from the underground and into your very, very nice, handsome, squeaky clean, wax-free earballs. So, for today... um. I am here on my own for a minute, and um, I have a second half of an interview that we are going to play in just a bit here with Will Chambers, who is nice enough to join us uh, last week. Will Chambers, for those of you who had not heard that last show, which was titled My Own Personal Kim Jong-un, because that is who he is going to be. He's going to be my personal Kim Jong-un. He, uh, I fell in love with him like Trump did. I f- he wrote me beautiful letters, and I fell in love. Uh, with Will Chambers, because Will Chambers and I see eye to eye on a lot of um, what's going on politically and kind of come from similar backgrounds and have shifted similarly. So I really like the way that he looks at things. And we are going to play about a 30-minute portion of that um, recording. What happened was we ran out of recording time on CAS, which is the application that we use to uh, record this podcast. So we switched over to Zoom, recorded about another half hour on there. Uh, it's not quite as high of audio quality as you'll notice when you hear it. It's not terrible, but it's you know, a step above phone quality. Let's call it that. But uh, nonetheless, good conversation. And I hope you tune in to listen to that. Okay, so for right now, uh, I want to talk about a couple things real quick that have happened today uh, before I switch over to that particular portion of the, the recording. A little bit of blowback on a couple things in the news I just want to touch on real quick. A lot of blowback on President Trump for his visit to El Paso, Texas. Even his aides saying that this visit probably didn't go oh so well for uh, Dandy Don. So there's a situation where he's taking a photograph, uh, which is obviously a staged photo op with a baby. Now, there are reports saying that they didn't want the media there, but somehow... These pictures are there. They weren't tweeted out by the family members of this baby who lost both of their of of his parents, um, both trying to shield him from the El Paso shooter at that Walmart and um, was in the custody of an uncle who apparently is a Trump supporter. Apparently his father was, too. We don't know about the mom. And Trump is in the picture with the first lady, Melania Trump, both smiling happily with Melania holding the baby, the uncle and an elderly lady probably in her 60s, standing there. I'm not sure who she is, perhaps a grandmother or something. Um, All Hispanics and all pretty happy to be around President Trump, even under such grim circumstances. This troubles me and it doesn't. So I'm not going to join the party of people saying that President Trump shouldn't be smiling or Melania Trump shouldn't be smiling. Um, Maybe not in the best taste, but that by itself doesn't make you a terrible human. There's a lot of other reasons why we can call them terrible humans, especially Donald. The the issue I have with Donald Trump in this visit is 
Number one, he is holding his thumbs up like everything's great, which it isn't. You're there because of a shooting. Everything's not fucking great. So put your fucking thumb down. Number two, if it were not for your rhetoric that you have been tweeting out and saying into microphones and on cameras since the middle of 2015, coming down the elevator, I would guesstimate that this shooting would not have happened because this guy would not have been charged. He wouldn't have been all riled up with the go-go, rah-rah team at, uh, you know, in this atmosphere that we have, especially with MAGA supporters these days. And this guy's a Hispanic. And honestly, it's, it's not really poetic justice because you don't want people to die, but it is poetic justice in a way. And if you think about it in this way, that I would imagine that this uncle and this gentleman who died heroically saving his child, and, and God bless him for that, but it's not lost on me that you probably defended all of the Trump, Trump rhetoric, saying it wasn't racist and it wasn't anti-Latino. And we've all heard these talking points. And in those final seconds, I mean, obviously the guy probably didn't know why the shooter was there at the time. I don't know if the shooter said anything, but it's tragic. It's tragic that you supported a cause and a line of speech that ultimately contributed to your and your wife's death. That is tragic. That is terrible. And this uncle, I hope this guy thinks about this and sees it. Because you can, again, you can say whatever you want about Republican politics. You like small government, whatever. You think that, you know, abortions, murder, whatever. I will never rip on anyone for holding that belief as a personal belief. It's a different thing if you're going to argue about women's rights. But if you believe it's murder and you believe the person, the woman who's enacting her right is committing a murder morally to yourself, that's your business to think that. And I'm not going to take a shit on you for thinking that. But you cannot sit there and pretend anymore that this anti-Latino sentiment that is just soaking its way through conservative circles these days is not racism. This And and on top of that, Trump decides, and there's other reports out there that perhaps he did a stage photo with another young girl who in Ohio that um, she was supposedly in a different picture with him. I don't know if it's a doppelganger. Uh, you know, if Barry Allen ran back in time and somehow grabbed the girl, looks exactly the same from Earth 2. But this girl looks a whole hell of a lot like the girl in this picture from the the doctors or from the hospital. Why a young adolescent girl would be at a bar at 1 a.m., I don't know, but could have been that maybe she was just there. I, I don't know the whole story. There's And Photoshop is a real deal these days. You know, if they can make Lawrence Fishburne look, uh, you know, 29 in Captain Marvel, I'm certainly sure that somebody can forge a photo and the left is not squeaky clean when it comes to this type of thing. So we don't know. But the the biggest issue I have with this is the the ripping on Beto O'Rourke and, and Beto O'Rourke has done a really good job of destroying his own campaign. He probably doesn't need any help from Trump at this point. But to sit there during what is supposed to be a time when you're consoling people and talking about how big your crowd was in El Paso four or five months ago when you had a rally here and how small Beto's was. And Beto, he only had 400 people in a parking lot. It was very sad. It was a very, very weak showing. But my showing was strong. We had a lot of people in the parking lot. It was amazing. What was the name of that venue again? I couldn't remember the name of the venue. Perhaps that's the reason why you haven't paid your fucking bill yet. Yes, Trump owes about a half million dollars to that venue. He just hasn't paid his fucking bill for that rally in El Paso in March or April or whenever it was. You haven't paid your bill. Beto paid his bill. You haven't paid yours. What the fuck is going on here? And you have the balls to go back to that city and pretend like you give a shit while you're having photo ops and basically then putting out a video afterwards saying 
that's basically a campaign video showing what a wonderful guy you are. It's sickening. It's stupid. And it's, can you imagine if Obama went down after one of the shootings that took place during his presidency and was talking about his poll numbers? Can you imagine? They would still be talking about this in right-wing circles. The dishonesty is absolutely, absolutely absurd. So, all right, moving on here. Um, as far as immigration goes and, and ICE and all that type of stuff, that, that the consequences of this speech is that there were six food processing plants in Mississippi, uh, possibly the largest ICE raid and roundup of um, undocumented illegal immigrants in U.S. history, definitely in the state of Mississippi history. And they detained, uh, uh, I guess it was about 650 people or something. I, I've seen different reports. I've seen in the 500s and I've seen the 600s. But nonetheless, a lot of people were detained. Um, obviously separated from their children, not ripped from their children. Like a lot of people are saying that is not true. But uh, they were detained while they were at work. So they did not, were not able to come home to their children. And a lot of these children were therefore you know, stranded at daycares or schools. Couldn't get picked up because their their parent or parents were were taken into custody. Now, first of all, I'm going to make a point on this, but there was a gym owner down there, a guy who owns a, a health club, a gym. And I don't know where this guy stands politically. He said he understands the system, but he put the kids first and he actually housed these kids in his facility, um, helped feed them, kept them warm. And kudos to this guy. Regardless where you stand, at least you have an empathy, you have a heart. You seem on the surface to be a good guy and God bless you for what you did because that was a really, really great thing to do to say, and it's nice to see it from a white person in Mississippi, honestly, um, because it goes to show that we're not all completely fucking lost causes these days. Uh, so, so good on him, um, bad on the U S government and bad on the Trump supporters. And here's the reason why it's not because they, they rounded people up who are undocumented. It's not because they went to six food processing plants and gathered up all of these these workers. It's because there's been no mention whatsoever during the entire conversation about these fucking businesses themselves. These businesses are committing tax fraud. These businesses are hiring illegal aliens because of the fact that they can exploit them and use them and pay them a lower wage because they know that they can and they can had their fucking greedy ass pockets. It is absolutely disgusting that we sit there and we let business owners get away with this bullshit time after time after time, year after year. Nobody says shit about these business owners that are hiring undocumented workers and have absolutely no consequences for it. Absolutely none. There's a very high possibility that these guys are paying them cash or know that the social security number is stolen. And if you are paying them cash, that is tax evasion. Plain and simple. It is what it is. It is tax evasion. You are not paying taxes. You are not putting money into Social Security. You are not putting money into the local government roads and schools and facilities, etc. that the, we need for the public good. And you sit there and you cry about tax cuts while you're ripping the government off behind its back. It's absolutely ridiculous. You cry about uh, how much universal health care will cost, which, by the way, it won't cost that because it'll actually be cheaper. But nonetheless, your argument doesn't even hold any water because of the fact that you're fucking the system in the ass. And we know that these people are conservatives who are doing this. I guarantee it. Ninety percent of these people are conservatives who are hiring these undocumented workers and illegally hiring them. And worse yet, I guarantee you, you're not giving them medical benefits. No wonder you don't want to support universal health care because then you'd have to have pay more in taxes and you wouldn't be able to get the benefit of having that more tax be offset by paying less money into the insurance copay or deductible uh, for your employees insurance because you're not fucking paying them insurance. You're paying them piddlances in wages and now no insurance fucking ripoff artists. You want to stop illegal immigration, right wing? Crack down on these assholes who are exploiting these people. Don't crack down on the people. Give the people a pathway to citizenship. 
let them prove that they can be a, a productive member of our society. Not like these asshole business owners who are ripping you off and me off and everybody else listening to this podcast off. It is sickening, it is stupid, and it is dead fucking wrong. Okay, so let me get off my soapbox. Before I get into this, uh, I start playing this interview, one little bit of poor news. Um, Our Twitter account today was suspended by Twitter. So I had a situation where um, I had a discussion about guns and some of the red flag laws that were being discussed. And I came across a tweet by a little argument between Dana Loesch of the, the NRA spokeswoman and Ben Shapiro, where they were disagreeing on their red flag laws. I happened to side against Dana Loesch, of course, because she's a piece of shit. And um, not because she's a piece of shit, but of, co- uh, of course she was wrong. And a couple of her cronies, of course, decided to jump in and, and attack our podcast Twitter. One of them had said to me, uh, and I'm paraphrasing more or less here, but and he was saying, well, if red flag laws were instituted, then you would, you know, I'll, me and 20 of my friends have just decided that you're a threat and they're going to come and get your gun. He's trying to make an analogy sarcastically that anybody could just say whatever they want to because people are dishonest and they might not want that guy to have a gun because of, you know, his political party or his religion or whatever. So they'll all just gang up on this person and come up with a lie. That's that's basically what he's saying. He's saying this is going to become common practice and it's going to outweigh the good of the law. So I decided to turn the tables around on this guy based on the fact that we had um, two mass shootings over the weekend. And I said, actually, and this was over the course of a few tweets, this conversation was, was going on. And it culminated with me saying, that argument that you just made about you and your 20 friends doesn't make any sense. And I even said in the tweet, since we're dealing in sarcasm here, how about I decide I don't like socialists like you. And this guy was clearly a Trump supporter, so not a socialist. I don't like immigrants like you. This guy was clearly white. Um, so obviously not an actual situation. It was 100% a hypothetical. And what I said was, so I've decided I don't like you, you socialist immigrant, and I'm going to grab my gun and end you and your 20 friends. And again, preface that in the exact tweet by saying it's sarcasm. Twitter, of course, because Dana Loesch uh, then blocked me and reported me to Twitter. Yes, Dana Loesch. Uh, our account was suspended. So to our 7,500 or so Twitter supporters, uh, followers, I should say, uh, sorry for that if I offended anyone. But honestly, you know what? I don't think I did. And Twitter, fuck you for suspending the account. And I think that they're probably going to do the right thing once they put it in context and look at it. But honestly, if it says it's sarcasm, it's sarcasm, number one. Number two, if you look at the tweets in context, I am defending lives here. And I am not going to apologize for drawing an analogy and bringing up an example of what could have been going through that shooter's head and was going through that shooter's head. He's admitted to as much. And shining a light on that to this jerk-off who's more concerned about his personal freedoms being infringed on than people dying because of bias. So this is absolute hypocrisy and so much for the fucking narrative that it's right-wing accounts who are being singled out and being deleted and being suspended. So we'll have to see what happens with that. I've already appealed. Um, Sure, Twitter will do the right thing, but this whole situation is only about six hours old, so uh, a little irritating to say the least. But I stand by what I said. Maybe, maybe I should have said at the end, you just saw that this weekend or something like that. Um, But the point of the matter, again, I stand by 100% in that your freedoms, as important as they are, and as much as I support your freedoms as a gun owner myself, are not more important than the ability to take a weapon away from someone who has shown in court, to be a threat. It will never be anything that is up for debate. It's not even close. So anyway, now I'm going to hand it over to myself, TJ and Big Haas, uh, the recording that we made the other day with our new friend, Will Chambers. Uh, You can find Will. He was formerly a host on ESPN Radio Dallas and has his own podcast called The Lounge with Elf and Willie. Thank you again for checking out Voice from the Underground. Have any comments? 
you can email us in the short term until Twitter's back up at vfupodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe, share, like the show. Check out our website, www.vfupodcast.yolasite.com. That's Y-O-L-A-S-I-T-E. If you'd like to help support the Patreon, uh, we would appreciate that help. And again, we do donate one out of every three months. We give our whole Patreon to charity. So you'll hear a couple of promos now and then the, the remainder of that interview. See you guys next week. Hey, come back. Voice from the underground. Hello, Radio World. This is K-Double here to let you know about KD5P. K-Double's 5th Period Music Class, a bi-weekly music show here on the 4 Aces Presents Radio Network, where every other Friday night at 8, I take you on a musical journey through the careers of some of your favorite musical artists. So check me out on Spreaker.com backslash 4 Aces Presents Radio, or on iHeartRadio every other Friday at 8 p.m. on Revolving Door Episodes. Peace. KD5P. In a world of heroes, villains, six British actors will come together to play Pathfinder. It's sort of like D&D, but also really not like D&D. Join Falter. I immediately regret this decision. Caragor. Oh, I see you, Kenneth. Velda. Behold my arcane powers. Shania. Yes, I've cracked the case. M. Now kill him. <laughs> and the Dungeon Master for an actual play podcast that takes adventure Seriously. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and from DangerClubPodcast.com. Danger Club. Let's roll. God, doing that voice hurts. Hey, Al. You ready? Let's do it. All right, well, so let's, 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 let's switch gears a little bit. Out of the Democratic candidates, who would be... Uh, who, who, if if you take Biden out of it, take Biden out of it. Let's let's not use Biden. Okay. Out of everyone else that's left, if you had to pick one, and we all know we're 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 more conservative, but if you had to pick one, which one would it be? Uh, for wh- who I like or who do yes. I think that? Uh, well, well, it's John Delaney. Uh, you know, Delaney has been he he is the type of guy that America claimed that they wanted when they elected Donald Trump, right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. somebody that was a successful businessman. Well, this is an actual businessman. There, there is something that is very different between being an entrepreneur um, and actually working in uh, w- with companies and products than it is being successful in real estate. Those gotcha. Are two different things. And, and I, that was a big misconception, you know, the last time around. And uh, I, I think Delaney, you know, working in banking, uh, He's politically moderate, which doesn't help him right now in the you know Democratic primary because that's how primaries are geared. They're being mm-hmm. voted on by one political party. And so usually to get through that stage, you have to move more to that political side, so more to the left. And he is more of a moderate, which is probably why I like him. But he's very successful, and I think that he gets it. You know, when we watch those debates, those back and forth that he was having with Elizabeth Warren and those others, he was absolutely right. You know, Elizabeth Warren. Not on healthcare, he wasn't. wasn't. He was wrong. Well, no, no. He was right by saying that what he can get, what you can get done. Right. By working with people on the other side of the aisle, right? Well, sure. right. And, and you know, with the public option, and it allows, you know, it allowed for the soundbite deal, which I think is, you know, too bad the culture that we live in. That's another reason why Delaney won't make it. And one of the reasons why my guy, John Kasich, didn't make it the last time is because he just wasn't enough of a soundbite guy to be able to draw up. Uh, enough people to you know want to be behind him and be you know energized by him and that's quite frankly what we have so the guy that i would pick would be john delaney the person but but he can't he can't win though so who do you think could beat him who do you think would beat trump of the ones that are out there well, I think that he could get beat by pr- almost anybody that's on those stages. Really? I, I, I do believe okay. that it's, it's Biden, but you told me to leave Biden out of it. So I will. Well, yeah, so, 
we'll, we'll get to that in a second as to why, because uh, the, the Democrats seem to be attacking Biden. So I wanted to ask Haas and TJ a, a different question about that. But um, what are your thoughts? Uh, there's, there's two people that I um, have, and, and watching almost all these debates, almost every minute of these debates, I should say, mm-hmm. um, Mayor Pete Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren seem to be speaking the most to me. Are those there's two- no way there's no way Buttigieg uh, gets elected and it, he's gay. I, he, he, he would be a fantastic. I, I think, first of all, I think what's going oh, yeah, to happen. I don't think there's any question about it, but th- there's, you know, I would love to think that this country would be able to at, at some point look beyond uh, racial or uh, sexuality and stuff like that. That ain't where we're at. Right? And, and unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. he would he would get killed in the black community. He would not because yeah, he's got unfortunately there is a ton of anti LGBTQ sentiment rampant in the black community. Mm. So no matter how qualified he is. Well, and you couple that with the situation in South Bend too. It, it, exactly. Yeah. And right. they, they would hard, they would pull that string and pull that string. And then the other, the, him being his sexuality would be a big problem there. You think so. that you think that's still a problem as a vice presidential candidate? Because I think that if yeah, it Warren, yeah, they don't care because then I, it's already a. You think people, will, you think people will vote for Donald Trump? Trump? You think people will vote for Donald Trump over an over an, uh, Kamala Harris slash Elizabeth? Let's say it's Kamala or Elizabeth Warren who wins the nomination, right, over Biden, and they okay. judge as their vice president because we know Buttigieg is not going to win the. The primary, but I think right. he, he and Warren right now are your vice president, or maybe Kamala Harris. Those are the three. Um, I don't. I don't. Well, I, Kamala I, Harris has big problems does. in the back in the black community. Yes, she too, does. So. Yes, right. she does. Uh, Kamala Harris was absolutely exposed. Yes, she was last week, and yes, she, uh, was. That she is. Uh, I would expect her numbers to absolutely plummet. Tulsi smashed her. Yes, yes she, she did, did. and yes, she, did. Uh, she had no comeback. She could not. Nothing she could say. What are you gonna say? Right. There's nothing she could say. Uh, So her record speaks for itself and she'll be gone. Elizabeth Warren, I thought that there was a a moment uh, or actually a couple of moments because I think it may have been gone back over where she disqualified herself and that even if she somehow does get the nomination, uh, the Republicans will just absolutely kill her on this. And that was to actually say that there should be an American policy that we will not strike nuclear war first. That is absolutely something that not one American wants to hear. Really, no, deep that down. we won't you, you, that you we can, won't strike first. Right. You may believe that, it like, and and but you don't say it out loud. You don't say it out loud. You don't you don't put it on the table, and then you'll have the great majority. I, I should take that back. I said no, America. I'm sure there are some Americans out there be like, oh, you know, the ultra pacifist. Yeah, you have to have the threat there. If you have to at least hold the stick. Yeah, got to hold. Don't put the bat on the ground. Right. You know, I, I just I, I couldn't believe my ears. Somebody put a tail on a donkey. What are you doing? Why would you? Audit, why would you tell anybody? Well, I'll tell you what we're not gonna do. Right. Dumbest right. thing I've ever heard. So, yeah, but I don't think that's gonna be the first thing everybody else says. Okay, well, you're not gonna do it, so I'm going to do it. That's, that's not a disqualifier in my eye, though. I mean, it, uh, it's it's uh, when, you can look you at that as outlandish things like that. Wait, wait until that favor. gets used a lot more. Yeah. You know, it, 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 Dutch, wait it for that soundbite. One thing, you know, it was how many times did we see the the ads for John Kerry, the Swift Boat stuff? Those were the same. It was it was the same topic. Mm-hmm. They just had, what, two, maybe at the most, three different ads. But went over and over again, and that's what killed his campaign. This will kill Elizabeth Warren because all a Republican has to do is say she won't do anything until Detroit, Michigan is gone, which is what somebody said on that panel. Um, And it might have been the guy who actually I was going to bring up in Tim Ryan. I I can't remember who said it, but I I think Tim Ryan's got an excellent chance of winning this whole thing and and actually coming out ahead of Trump. Hmm. I I think that what we're looking at here is a situation where we're going to have, in all likelihood, you have. I, if I had to put odds on it right now, I'd say you're looking at a fifty to sixty percent chance it's going to be Biden. Yes. Um, I think what we're doing right now is we're trying to figure out one: can Elizabeth Warren upset him? Because I think she's the only one, despite that comment, that has a chance. 
I don't think Bernie can. I think his ship, his window is closed. His ship is sailed. Um, and I don't see the, and, and I, I think Kamala's was, and Cory Booker was never a really serious candidate. Um, so I think what we're looking at right now, guys, is we're looking at who's going to be the vice president. And I think it's going to either be at this point, Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris, because Joe Biden is going to pick a woman. There is a 100% chance of this in my book. It could be Tulsi. I would like that. I, I, you know, other than some weird foreign policy stuff, she's, you know, she's a, a veteran who could use that veteran status against um, Trump. But then again, Buttigieg might Klobuchar, just... Klobuchar, there's a number of candidates. Klobuchar, Klobuchar is too moderate. I, I don't think that she'll... Biden is going to have to pick up someone who is going to be further left than him in order to satisfy the progressive. I, I don't think so. Why? Because he wants to win. Well, there, you think that there, there's, you know, going to be liberals that are going to say, Nope, this group is too moderate for me. I'm not going out to vote. <laughs> that is, that yeah, there's liberals who, who, oh, I mean, I know this is a smaller, you know, this is not a great example, but there's liberals who hate this podcast because yep. we're, we're yep. not left enough. You know, yeah. we get blocked by people all the time on the left. We get called all types of names by people on the left. You know, they won't support but us. It still doesn't compare we're, to because how because they feel not. about Donald Trump. No, it doesn't. You would but, hope. But it's, I just don't in, trust in a, in a regular election, I, I agree with you because that's what you have to do, right? You have to have some sort of balance. This is why Trump, who himself really probably looked at himself as more of a moderate, went far to the right and grabbed Mike Pence. Uh, you know, that, that's what you do. Oh, he's so, almost, he might be worse. <laughs> he's has a, he's a, he has enough political savvy to further his fucking crazy agenda. Yeah. And people almost swallow it. Yeah. But, but this isn't, this isn't a usual election. Uh, Joe Biden, should he get the nomination, does not have to go uh, to the left of the party to galvanize the party. The party's galvanized. Once they get their person, he has carte blanche to go wherever he wants with it. I, I think you're absolutely right about it being a female. Uh, I, I think that it might even be smarter for him. And what they may be telling him to do is because, you know, Biden is considered to be somewhat uh, of a moderate within the party to go with another moderate. Because if you do have a ticket of moderates, you've already got the left that's going to vote for you. This may pull those Republicans that you want that are that see Trump for what he is are sick and tired of what the party has become and what he has turned the party into. And you'll be able to grab those and pull them across the aisle. That's the way that I think they, that's you the think strategy. You think it'd be better. He'd be better off picking say a Delaney or a Kasich or not Kasich. I'm sorry. Or a Ryan over like Buttigieg or cool yes. or Cory Booker perhaps. Cause Cory Booker is a, a moderate as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if he picks Booker, it's not as strong, but I think he'd be just fine there. No, Buttigieg, you can't, you know, I feel like an asshole, but I, I'm sorry, you know, and I got friends. We do that, that all friends, the time. <laughs> we, we, we got friends. That sure I, I, one of my close friends hit me up uh, first about Pete, whatever, and I like him. I mean, if there's anybody, he sounds so cool and collected. He's so articulate. He's mm. articulate. He speaks really well for smart. a gay guy. For a gay guy. <laughs> for a gay guy, yeah. That's a perfect that's gonna be a perfect segue to the I next totally uh, joking. It, Don't it's just that come for me, gay hive. You know, we can't it's <laughs> not gonna we can't do it yet. You know, I, I I wish I was wrong, but if he's on the ticket at all, it'll put the ability for a ticket to win in peril, unfortunately. I don't so, but but doesn't his military inter uh, quote unquote intersectionality no. off no, no. The, no, you know what? Let, the, I'll the be honest. With for, the penis loving disdain for L, for LGBTQ community members runs very deep, sir. I'm sorry. Well, here, no, it's not even that. Let me tell you exactly what this is because I deal with family members and close friends, like most do, that have almost all of us that are Trump supporters, right? And we're all like, "How? Why? I know you. You're you're yeah. smart. You get it." it you're not a bad person. Like I, I, I help me understand this. And you know what they tell me? Trump is pro-life. Oh, that's the main thing. One yeah. Freaking issue. Yep. One, one issue. And you know what? He's not even really pro-life. He's pro-life because he knows by doing that. And by saying that he's got you. So all the other things, the bigotry, the hatred, all the stuff that he puts doesn't out. doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter nope. because that simple thing, that one key issue means more to them than any other issue. And it'll be those same people, because let's look who we're talking about here, and that's the, the Christian, the far Christian right, that will look at Buttigieg the same way and say, it doesn't matter. I like him for this, this, and this, but I can't, I, I don't approve of his life and, you know, his sexuality and all that. And it'll automatically disqualify. That's it's, how they'll look at it. Uh, you're right, but it's still hypocritical because they don't approve of Trump being divorced. Divorce is mentioned in the same book of Leviticus. Oh, and Leviticus. Let's, let's talk about two, adultery. Yeah, two, yeah, two. You want to go uh, two verses before hypocrisy uh, within you know the religious <laughs> ranks? I, I, I mean, I feel like we're going to be here in a couple of hours it, 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 for sure. But nope. it, it, two verses before, I think it's two. It might be three. Two verses before they rip on. Um, they say, "Do not lay with a man as you do another man." They say, "You a man may not divorce his wife." Um, for anything other than um, uh, for willful, willful abandonment or adultery. Yeah, but that's not adultery. gross. The other one's gross. Or I'm sorry, that's adultery in Leviticus. I apologize. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, my honestly, Bible verses mixed up. That is how people will justify that. Oh, that's disgusting, and that's you know that's just plain out wrong. Divorce isn't disgusting. Like, well, according to the Bible, it is. Ever. We can really we can do this yeah, for hours, I, boys. Real quick, Haas and TJ. Um, yes. He was speaking a second ago about being very articulate. Speaking of articulate fellas, uh, Obama, a very articulate fella, as they say. Uh, were you guys surprised about the just total discombobulating of the uh, Obama administration that took place? I mean, the left went to war on Obama. In a, in a, obviously, they were trying to get at Biden, but they just ripped Obama apart. This is the left we're talking about. They eat their own. This yeah. is not a yeah. nothing about that is surprising. It's like crabs in a barrel. Like they and, yeah. Yeah. poor Barack was sitting at home, like what the hell? Yeah, he's over here sending out subtle shots at Trump, and it was yeah, yeah. And 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 the thing is, is that you know they they're just they're just so gutless, mm -hmm. and instead of you know pointing out all of the great things that he did and all of the great things that he did that they would try to continue. It's, it's, you know, let's, let's turn on him because, you know, it's almost like a subtle backdoor way of, of playing the racism thing too. In a way to me. I'd almost, I'd almost even venture to okay. say in that same, in that same breath, it's almost like they were trying to find a way to, to get some of the right to join. Yeah. yeah. Because the, if they, if they jump on the Obama hate, yeah. Now, now the right's like, oh, okay, oh. Man, you guys aren't as dumb as we thought. They hated him too. Yeah. They hated him too. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've, been, like we've been very critical of Obama many times on this podcast. Yep. So it's yeah. not like we're we're Obama. We think everything he touched turned to gold here. No, right. no, no. He well, there's only one reason no why they're doing it. I mean, we all. It, it's just to get at Biden. That's how you do it. And if you can mischaracterize something and put the blame on him, that's why Biden, if you'll notice in the first couple debates that he's had trouble, uh, you know, I mean, Biden is who he is. He's not always like the most articulately clean spoken, you know, public official, but he also has had a hard time kind of explaining because they are mischaracterizing Kamala Harris completely mischaracterized the whole, uh, the bus act, Boston, you know, yeah. was mm -hmm. so ridiculous and of all the people that have served this country with distinction, Biden has done it for a very long time with a very good civil rights record. He has been there, you know, at the, at the vanguard of all, a lot of these movements. And to mischaracterize that is complete and utter bullshit. And they're basically doing that again by invoking certain things that Obama did. This is the biggest problem I have with, um, with politics. And I'll try to explain it quickly because I know I, I feel like I've, you know, gotten on a soapbox and I, I, and I go on for days. So back a few uh, years ago, uh, four years ago during the Republican primary, all of them were attacking. Um, oh, my God. His name just totally escaped me. Uh, the Cuban um, Republican senator from Florida that uh, I can't believe I'm having a hard time remembering his name. He was part of the Rubio. Game Rubio. Yeah. Sorry. I got you, man. I got you. I'm here Appreciate for you. <laughs> so they are going after Marco Rubio. 
for being a part of the Gang of Eight. What the Gang of Eight was, was a bipartisan uh, group that uh, enacted certain bills. Now, as in gover what governing is, is like, okay, I'll give you this if you give me that. That's how it goes. It's called compromise. Well, they were hammering Rubio, all the Republicans on that stage, especially Trump, and because of him being involved with them, and part of the bill that he had to give up in order to get what was important Republican or conservative legislation in that bill. And I'm like, well, wait a minute here. That's bullshit. He, he's trying right. his best to get this in there, and he had to do this. And so blaming Obama for certain elements of laws that came in and all that is the same level of bullshit. And it happens every time in the primaries, yeah, every that's time true. on both sides. Well, it's definitely a non a nonpartisan flaw that we have in this particular. Um, do you think we need another party? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, that's where I'm at here. But I, I just like, how do we fucking do that? I mean, it's I what, look, what you, I, you you need a perfect storm. I, I do not. I, well, when is it going to be more perfect of a storm? You know, you've got progressives, um, you know, advocating for some things that I'm slightly uncomfortable with. I, well, because because Dutch of what I said when we pretty much started the political discussion that the Republican Party has become a party of desperation. They are, uh, in whichever way they can get it, either attain it or retain power, is the only thing that they're about. Oh, yeah. Once it gets to a point where they're not as desperate and you have those, well, one, I, I think that uh, being bred out will eventually happen. I was going to submit an op-ed uh, before the last election that I believe that millennials are actually going to save this country politically, which everybody, when I say it to them, it looks at me like I've got four heads. You might like, have four heads. Hold on a second. <laughs> I go, follow me on this. We, millennials, the biggest dig that we have on millennials is what? That they don't have a work ethic and that they're very selfish, right? Mm -hmm. uh, none of which I totally subscribe to, but, uh, I will say that they are without a question, a generation that when you tell them to do something, they are asking why. And it's because right. of that, that I think that they're actually going to save us politically because they will have conservative ideals, but they will also have, uh, be for homophobic or, uh, you know, rights for LGBTQ community, right? Mm -hmm. They'll be for awesome. that. There'll be, you know, four things that will be looked at to be left or liberal or whatever. Right. But they're like, they're not going to care because they're not a, we're right now a, a country of Jersey wearers. That's all we are, right? We're either wearing a Democrat or we're wearing our Republican Jersey. And no matter who's wearing it at the end, I'm going to place, I'm going to go and cheer on my team, no matter who is in there. That's what it's about right now. And Millennials aren't like that. Shame. Millennials aren't like that. They're going to be like, you know, fuck you. I, like, I don't have to just because, you know, I believe this doesn't mean I have to believe this. And so I think that we will eventually evolve there. The perfect storm that I believe has to happen is that you have to have a lot of money. So once you get a candidate that is, make no mistake about it, a transcendent candidate that is from another party or yeah, uh, independent. Or an independent, uh, right? You know that that eventually they, somebody feels like they they can make a political party out of, and then you can get guys like uh, four different sets of the Koch brothers. You might you might very well have a political party that actually has some teeth because you have to have the money to be able to compete, and then you have to have obviously uh, the person that is going to attract and energize, you know, a very large group of people. And once you have those two together is when we'll finally get a third party. Yeah. I think the time for that is not this election, <laughs> of course, because, but it, the, My the, God, if it happens in our lifetime, it'd be terrific. I, I don't know if that will. I, I am a huge advocate for that personally. I think that it's just, a, it's just a matter of where do you put that party? I really don't see anywhere else to put that party except in the middle, you know, because if it's a, <clears throat> you already have the greens and the, and the libertarians and both of those parties are, you know, footnotes at best. So it comes down to where does that party fall ideologically? You know, maybe John Delaney can go start his own political party. 
you know, that believes in small, you know, small market, small tax capitalism at the same time as, as social equalities. It's, I, I think you're right on where that comes from. I just think that the, um, one of the things, one of the reasons why Britain is more, I think more successful is because they have, uh, a bunch of political parties that are that have some teeth like to use your term you know they have the labor party they have the socialist party they have the the far right parties you know and and it's it, it moves back the pendulum moves back and forth decade to decade as far as to which ones get power and which ones don't but it's they obviously have a lot more parties that make sense than we do here in the united states where you really only have four two of which are dinosaurs and the other two of which are you know less developed mammals scurrying around and only coming out at night. You know, it, it, I just don't know that it's something that's going to happen. Like you said, in our lifetime, I just think that it's something that definitely needs to happen because at the last election, I was in a situation where I voted for Gary Johnson, not because I love libertarian, you know, I, I kind of identify myself with some in a way as a libertarian, but I looked at it as a job interview and I said, okay, I got Hillary Trump, Jill Stein and Gary Johnson. There was no question who was the most qualified of those four for the job? There was no question of who of those four was the most qualified. It was Gary Johnson, you know, and, but I can't do that this time. It doesn't, because Trump is just such a fucking mess. And like you said, you know, I go to holidays at my, with my family who I love, and they're just like blinded by this. They think that Kavanaugh was just a ruse. You know, they think that Roy Moore is not bad. You know, it, it, these are things where if you would have told me in the 80s that this was going to be this pendulum switch where the left is supporting things that they used to tackle and the right is supporting things that they used to tackle, I would have said you're out of your freaking mind. Well, it's how they justify it. You know, I don't think you had anybody saying that, you know, probably in your family, it's not that they're saying that Roy Moore is good. It's that they're saying, well, it's important that we get another governor, senator in there to make sure that, uh, you know, that there's going to be a, anybody, anybody but a Democrat. Supreme, yeah, a Supreme Court, because there's going to be a Supreme Court justice. And that's more important than anything else. That was the pushback that I had got from my family, which I really just couldn't believe. And the one element that we're not touching on here that is so big and is probably uh, the the biggest element in our uh, democracy that is pushing the pendulum or keeping it one way or another uh, are not all, I mentioned the Koch brothers and donors, uh, but corporate donors, uh, the NRA. Uh, and I'm not, you know, you could bring up some of the left as well as the right. That until we get a transparent right. system where, um, one, that there's restrictions, that there's limits as to what they can give, but also that there's transparency as to who is giving to whom. I mean, look, you got Mitch McConnell and all those Republicans that are out there, uh, even Trump the saying that, uh, you know, that the um, it's hate and bigotry and all that that pulls the trigger, not the gun. And you're like, well, you know, <laughs> you, you can't pull the trigger on a fucking knife. You know, like we're talking about things that are much more dangerous than other things, right? Like, uh, why don't we just allow more swords or something? I have no idea where you could possibly think that making that assertion that it's, you know, a human pulling the trigger uh, makes it more dangerous. They're dangerous by their very nature as to what they are. Uh, and so until we get to those points where, you know, people are understanding that these people are saying what they're saying because they've got these many million dollars that, you know, uh, M Mitch McConnell is a multi, multi, multi millionaire because of the money he gets from the NRA. And people will finally maybe understand and see exactly why people say the dumbass shit that they say that is basically pulling the, uh, you know, the blanket over your eyes. Well, and to be fair, you can say the same thing about your, you know, Schumer's and Pelosi's and um, of George Soros, Feinstein's yeah. of the world, right? Haas, it's your show. Last word goes to you. Where, where, where are you at on this? <sighs> <laughs> it's a CF, man. It's a CF. It's a clusterfuck. I just, I, I, I feel like we've got to find that candidate. Well, in general, the Democratic Party needs to grow some balls. 
I I would love a third party, but it has to be a viable third party that is a viable threat, not someone that's just going to nibble away at both the fringes or both the edges of the two parties hmm. and one nibble away a little bit more from one than the other, and then we end up where we are. Um, I it's just it's just hard. It's hard to. You know, I, I still haven't heard. I want to hear more about really salient platform planks instead of just bluster about talking points. You know what I mean? You're still, I'm guessing, undecided on. Yeah, yeah, I am, and it, it's it's you know, it's one of those things where, you know, because of the steaming, smoldering dumpster fire that we have in office right now, it's like anybody but this guy. You know, I mean, Teeter Turtle could win. Well, not McConnell, Teeter Turtle, but just the actual <laughs> could win the nomination for the Dems. And I'd be like, I guess I got to vote for. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just it's it's hard to. It's hard to be tr- truly optimistic because it's like, OK, well, guess what? If a Democrat does win. You know, are they really going to do anything? You yeah. know? Because well, we, don't, we don't know that yet. <laughs> they just seem it just seems like it just seems like I mean, but nothing is better than this guy. I so know, I was gonna say that. <laughs> it's so funny. Because you just said something that was so salient and so true about how we feel about elections. Right. And I I mean, that thought had not even entered in my mind in months or like years like it's irrelevant i almost don't care if they come in on some sort of like Candyland policy mm-hmm. of this is how we're gonna like we're changing our currency over to like candy corn <laughs> like okay i have like that <laughs> word you know let me know how it's gonna work out later right, on just right. just i'm just gonna go buy some it. bags now yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm I with mean, you guys so we're um all right, listener, we're going to have to pick this up another day. Will, you got to come back. Uh, hey, anytime, man. I, I enjoyed it. Um, wh- remind the people where they can find you. Uh, so you can find me uh, on uh, Twitter at Broadcast Willie uh, with a Y on Instagram uh, at Your Big Willie and then the lounge with <laughs> Elf and Willie.com. You like that IG handle. That's right? the best, man. I, I, fucking, I fucking love it. Listener, thanks again. If you like this ridiculousness, please again support the damn show. We will see you guys next week on Voice from the Underground. Yeah. Those mob fools want you gone so they can get back to the way things were. But I know the truth. There's no going back. You've changed things forever. Thank you for listening to Voice from the Underground. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VFU Podcast. See you next time. Boys from the underground.